Hey folks, thanks for listening. So just to do the content warning up front, this movie is about suicide. John Cusack's character tries to kill himself four different times. It's a very weird movie. Uh, if that's not your cup of tea, you may want to skip this one because we talk about it a lot. Uh, but otherwise, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Does it ever feel like everyone's got more going than you do? Oops. That everyone is smart. So you're Al Myers, kid? Yes, I am. You look pretty stupid to me. Thank you. You say the best skier in town just ran off with your girlfriend? Even your younger brother does better than you do? <laughs> and that nobody even cares? That broke up with me. Oh, that's nice. Well, you might be right. But remember one thing. I haven't even been to New York City. Nobody was ever better off dead. This is me and Meatball, right? And we okay. used to, we don't really do this as often anymore, but we used to do the Wordle together every morning, right? As oh. I would... I would pull up the Wordle on my phone, and I'd be like, okay, so what do you think I should guess? And then she'd tell me, and I'd ignore her, and I'd type in my actual, like, strategy <laughs> for guessing. But we would we would do the Wordle together, and, like, then we would do some other, other ones of those daily puzzles that, you know, popped up in the wake of Wordle, you know, like uh, uh, Worldle and Global and... Yes, um, I did the music stuff one like a that. lot. I didn't know a lot of them. <laughs> right. And then one morning... She said, how about we do the goofle? That's you. Sick burn. It's just an insane burn from a three-year-old. And then now every time she does something silly, I'm like, you're going to, you're the fucking goofle today. probably should have known better a podcast where we celebrate comedy that is aged poorly i'm nadia vasquez and i'm joined as always by one of the coolest <laughs> and uncoolest people i know but like lovingly tony ginocchio <laughs> thank you nadia that is a compliment uh i think uh it is and i appreciate that yeah it, it, it is feels, because you want to know what it is it i feel like you don't care about coming off any type of way except how you come off and i respect that and i want to be more like that that's very kind thank you i i uh i feel like that description of being cool and yet also very not cool um feels right that feels right to me Everyone um, should strive to be more like you because then you kind of neutral no, out that is and it. you're no, just like categorically awesome. wrong. <laughs> 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 we need fewer people in the world like me. <laughs> I don't know. I I do have a lot of fun with you, so. Oh, okay. Well, I, I have fun with you too, Nadia. Oh, um, I'm really excited about our movie today because this is one of my childhood faves. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of fucking questions for you. 
about this one. Uh, and I'm, I feel bad for the people who saw me in Chicago's Midway Airport at the gate watching this movie on my phone, taking notes on a legal pad. I feel uh, like you, you probably should rewatch it not on a phone at some point because it is oh, it is very good. Is it? I, I so, think so folks folks, today's movie is a uh is Better Off Dead from nineteen eighty five, directed by Savage Steve Holland. Um, an early vehicle for the wonderful John Cusack. Yay! Uh also starring Diane Franklin and David Ogden Styers. Um, I told you this a little bit yesterday, Nadia, uh, I didn't know anything about this movie, and I just assumed it was gonna be another, like, kind of say-anything type movie, (laughs) where it's like, oh, John Cusack's gonna play this, you know, kind of deep character who, uh, you know, plays it really cool and laid back, but that's hiding this kind of deeper fear he has inside himself, but he's still trying to, you know, be a be a, a, a grown-up for the woman he's trying to seduce and john mahoney's gonna go to jail for tax fraud for some reason <laughs> um but no uh this is not anything like say anything this is nope. a very strange movie with a very strange <laughs> sense of humor <laughs> does it track that 15 year old me was really into it though 100% tracks with that, okay. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No question uh, makes sense that you would have loved this movie growing up. But yeah, so I actually, weird. It's really weird. But I actually got into it because I went to a private school and none of the kids that I went to school with were like into punk music. So I would hang out with these boys that went to the public school. And I was particularly interested in one of them his name was peter he had a lisp and a mohawk so like (laughs) i had i stood no chance and he would put lyrics to songs in his aim profile and so i would like for his away message or like no no no, like in the profile oh okay so it was like whatever the vibe was was like what he put in his profile. So sometimes I would copy paste and stick it into Google. That's how I found MCR. Actually, he had early sunsets okay. over Monroeville in there and uh, he had the lane. I've been going to this high school for seven and a half years. I'm no dummy. I know high school girls. And then into this like poem or something, but it's actually a song. There was a band called Lane Meyer and they had a song called What a oh. Shitty Summer. And like back in the day, you could, if you were a punk band, you could put quotes from movies in songs. Like the Ataris have like Goodwill Hunting in some of their songs and all that. Uh-huh. Right. I so, remember that. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, what is Lane Meyer? And I figured out it was better off dead and thus started my obsession with John Cusack, where like I would right. write movie reviews for the school newspaper about John Cusack movies like every month. Like, I was really into him right. because of this movie. Right. Um, okay. Because because of this movie specifically and not, like, Say Anything or Run Well, I mean, Jury. of course I got into Say Anything after that. And I still watch Say Anything once a year to this day. One of my favorite movies. Uh, oh, that's but great this one. one, he's just so charming in this one with, I mean, it's just so bizarre so but bizarre but he's so charming in it and he just really stole my heart with the q-tip scene which we'll get into but 
I just, I was like, I, I don't understand what this was. I think I watched it so many times because I just didn't get it. <laughs> it's so, like, I have so many lines in my notes that are just like, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And also, where are they? <laughs> like, that was another yeah. question. Because clear, clearly the movie is shot in Los Angeles, right? Yes. But uh, but it's also like apparently they live near a ski resort, and they just yes. they just go back and forth from like suburban California to. And they say the movie is like set in some place in Northern Cal, but like they're going from suburban California to like the snow capped peaks of like. The treacherous K twelve. Yeah, so, it's really, really weird. And the other thing about it is, not only did I like it because it was weird, but like it really captured a certain amount of angst that I was feeling at the time. Yes, that like no other movie could capture just how weird I felt and how like angsty I felt. So I watched that movie a lot. I don't know. Maybe it was a cry for help this entire time. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely, I think, the biggest I've ever seen John Cusack play a loser, right? Yes. Like, I, I just feel... So, so if you've not seen the film, folks, Better Off Dead is the story of Lane Meyer, who is played by John Cusack. He is a high school student um, at this high school where the, the, the big sport everyone rallies around is skiing, which is yeah. uh, just a hair weirder than how in Footloose it's gymnastics. But the... <laughs> the Basically, Lane is obsessed with this blonde ski star. Okay, what's what's the girl's name he's obsessed with? I'm blanking on it. Beth. Beth. Okay, so he's obsessed with Beth. But the thing is, like, he goes to ski tryouts in, like, minute one to ski the K-12 route. And he eats shit, and the hunky ski star sets a new record. And Beth is like, Lane, I'm leaving you for him. Yeah, I think this... it would be in my best interest if I went out with someone more popular, is what she said. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which is honestly a pretty good line. Um, yes. Lane is devastated by this and tries to kill himself, by my count, four different times? Maybe three different yeah. times? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, And eventually, like, what happens, as you would expect, is, like, he falls in love with the French exchange student who lives across the street... Um, and then he becomes a better skier. He skis the whole K-12 route on only one ski um, and wins over the French girl and doesn't care about Beth and the um, meathead um, skier anymore. But the thing about this movie is this feels like what Family Guy would have been in 1985. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Do not insult this movie like that. <laughs> There's so many weird non-sequitur gags in this movie where like lane has a little brother who's also a mad scientist and also fucks a lot of prostitutes even though he's 11 and then there's like uh you know the mom is cooking a live squid at some point and the um geometry teacher is uh, assigning homework, but the students are laughing at him, and uh, he and Lane keeps getting into drag races with the Yakuza for some reason. Like, this is just the... But the Yakuza talk like Howard Cozell, because they have a speaker mounted to their car. There's so many bizarre jokes in this movie. It's very, very strange. It's not 
bad. I don't think it's bad. And John Cusack is selling the hell out of it, as he always does. And yeah. um, Oh, there's a paper boy that's constantly chasing after him for <laughs> $2 and trying to murder him. Um, and it, yeah. there, it's just... It's so very strange. It's such a weird, bizarre type of humor. It is completely unlike anything I have ever seen Cusack in before. Uh, really, anything unlike I've seen any member of the Cusack family, period. <laughs> John, Joan, Anne, or Dick. So um, I was just really thrown by this. It was not what I was expecting. Excellent pick, Nadia. Thank you. I think it's extra funny that you watched it inside an airport terminal. Yeah. That just adds to the – just so many weirdos in the airport. This just adds a whole other vibe. I always get uh, yeah. kind of thrown into the vibe of whatever I'm watching, and then when I come to, it's like, oh, I'm in my house, and it's fine. But I can't imagine doing that in an airport terminal. <laughs> Scary. Yeah, it was either that or it was on the plane where there was or there would have been someone, like, right next to me seeing what I was watching. And again – taking handwritten notes on uh so yeah claymation hamburger dancing around while you take notes what yeah. the fuck was a hamburger <laughs> what was what was that why did we break into animation all of a sudden oh That's what, so cool. a, what, a, what a strange movie oh i never like never heard of this before that being said there were a couple times when i laughed like, yeah. John Cusack, obviously great and everything. David Ogden Stiers is a great character actor. He doesn't have a ton to work with here, um, but uh, he's very funny when he's on screen. Um, and he was also the bad guy in previous selection, Man of the House. Uh, and he was the voice of Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so, what? Uh, yeah, he he was in like the Disney stable of voice actors like during the, the second oh. golden age. He did a lot of a lot of like um second tier parts for them. Uh wow. so Okay, good to know, good to know. I'm very, so very I'm thrilled man. that you're having such a big reaction to it because this could have gone either way. And it's just the fact that <laughs> you're having a visceral Sh reaction is so exciting to me. Folks, show this to someone who has no idea what it is, which is what Nadia has done to me. They're going to have, they're going to have some re like nobody can just sit and watch this film and be like, yeah, that was fine. Like no, there's, yeah. there, this film demands where this is either going to be the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life, or you're just going to be baffled, baffled by it. I feel like people who smoke a lot of weed watch this movie but i was 15 sure. when i started and i was like majorly straight edge at the time so i personally yeah, sure. have never watched this movie high but when i was watching it last night and the i saw that the little hamburger the girl hamburger had titties that were onions i was like i need to be high and watch this because this is incredible <laughs> onion titties so... that's brilliant so with that in mind uh, before we get into some of the stranger gags in the film, um, uh, 1985, Nadia, first time we've covered this year? First time we've covered 1985. The only uh, year that is also a Bowling for Soup song. And <laughs> Better Off Dead, I think the only movie we've covered that's also a Sum 41 song. Excellent references. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, uh, we like to put a little bit of context into when these movies came out and what was going on in pop culture so that we understand what 
like, what were the kids into? And apparently they were really into Lionel Richie because that was the top song of the year. It was Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. And other popular songs were Madonna's Like a Virgin, Foreigners, I uh-huh. Want to Know What Love Is, uh, Wham! featuring George Michael, Careless Whisper, uh, and my personal favorite, Aha's Take on Me. So that music video sure. was also a really big deal at the time. So just painting Great a picture video. of... Yeah, what's going on in 85? So I feel like maybe people in 85 were ready for this movie. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, fair uh, enough. I think it, if you are if you can handle the Take On Me video, you can probably strap in for this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the big movies of that year included Back to the Future, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, and Rocky IV. Yes. So okay. I've never seen the Actually, last two. All, all really good picks. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, when Ronald Reagan went to see Back to the Future for the first time, he loved that joke that said, who was the president <laughs> was in 1985? A... Ronald Reagan? The actor? Yeah. <laughs> he loved that joke so much that he, he made the projectionist stop the movie and rewind it so he could see it again. Yeah. He also thought everything on the screen was really happening. Like, <laughs> when the... <laughs> <laughs> when the like if, if when the car was coming at the camera he like jumped up and got out of his seat <laughs> he was not well uh so Just... <laughs> super exciting to know this but in 1985 that little plastic white uh thing that saves the pizza from like the hot part of the pizza from being touching the yes. top of the box was invented by someone named Carmela Vitali so possibly <laughs> Italian, Tony. Sure, you're, you're welcome, society. <laughs> uh, 1985 was also the year the Titanic was found deep, deep, deep in the ocean, 370 miles from Newfoundland. And this was also the year, this was probably the biggest story of 1985, is Coca-Cola changed the formula of Coca-Cola. Ah, and it new became Coke. New Coke. <laughs> It was so bad. Everybody hated it. Uh, no, the, the sales were so bad that after three months, they announced that they were going back to the original formula. But it was such a big deal <laughs> that the news that's broke. Sti- that's still during... like taught in business schools today. It's insane. Is it really? Yes. Oh, okay. So apparently it was such big news that all uh, ABC, ABC was playing General Hospital at the time, and they did a breaking news story during General <laughs> Hospital about it. This usually happens when there's like a terrorist attack or some sort of like right. high speed chase. But no, it was about Coke Classic was coming back. And that's why it's still considered Coke Classic. Um, and they didn't actually change the formula until a year later. So that's its own <laughs> weird thing. I thought it was very bizarre. Imagining on 9-11, like George W. <laughs> Bush is reading My Pet Goat to the class and the aide, the aide comes up to whisper in his ear and George W. Bush is like, what is it? Are they changing Coke again? <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. The band My Chemical no, Romance it's... is about to form. My chemical romance is about to form. Gerard Way <laughs> has just had his life changed. <laughs> <coughs> oh, God. Pardon. Uh, so the top TV shows of 1985, to put this movie in context with what other people were watching, uh, the number one show was The Cosby Show, 
followed yep. by Family Ties, Murder, She Wrote, 60 Minutes, my personal favorite, Cheers. And this was the mm-hmm. same year that MacGyver and the Golden Girls premiered, and they ended up being oh, huge wow. hits as well. Uh, if you talk about 1986, they're going to be on the top uh, five of the most watched TV okay. shows in America. So I think it's a, it's this movie is weird enough with what was going on in 85 for sure. Okay. Uh, that's fit. Ronald Reagan also thought everything in this movie was real. He was like, <laughs> why, is that, why is that burger lady exposing herself like that? Uh, that's my Reagan. That's a good Reagan. So, thank you. Um, he lost his mind, folks. He was an old senile man when he was president. <laughs> Does it remind you of anyone? Anyways, the <laughs> let's get into the uh, movie, uh, which has... Weird animated credits. You're right. Mm-hmm. Like, you are right that, like, you should have some weed in your system when watching this. I think that's yeah. actually the correct way to assess this. Yeah. An edible may- might be too much, but maybe, like, <laughs> a third of a joint. Yes. <laughs> um. So, weird animated credits. Uh, we open on... John Cusack's bedroom, which is just papered over with photographs of Beth. He sleeps with a framed photograph of Beth. Um, he uh, he looks 12 years He really does look 12 years old in this Super, movie. It's incredible. I mean, imagine 15-year-old Nadia seeing that version of John Cusack. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's She, that's she discovered what wild. horniness was. <laughs> Um, so, uh, there's, like, we start to get some weird sight gags already, right? He showers with his socks mm-hmm. on. David Ogden Styers is trying to keep the paper boy from throwing newspapers at the, the windows on the garage, because all of the other windows on the garage are broken. Um, and then you also, from a distance, see the hot French exchange student watching Lane, uh, get ready to go to school. And I wrote down here, oh, I bet that what he wanted has been right in front of him all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She is a foreign exchange student uh, who came to America for a very specific reason we won't get into yet, but she ends up staying with these horrible people. Uh, a woman yeah. with just blue eyeshadow, pink lipstick, and a cigarette in her mouth all the time. And her Beehive son. Beehive hairdo, yeah. Yes. And her son. Very like uh, Edna from Hairspray kind of vibe. They they both look like characters in the Far Side comic. Yeah. Like they look like the butterfly <laughs> yes. glasses lady and the fat kid with the round glasses from the Far Side. Yes, exactly. And Ricky, who is just like completely socially inept, and the mom thinks Mouth that breather, having yeah, yeah, she thinks that the foreign exchange student is gonna help him kind of get it together when it comes to social stuff, and they're gonna fall in love, obviously, because right. that's just right. how it happens. Uh, but yes. she she longingly looks at literally anyone else because she's kind of stuck in this hell. So that establishes that for her. But Lane, uh, the other thing about Lane is he's got pictures of beth everywhere on his hangers he has her head on each hanger yes so it looks like she's wearing all his shirts it's pretty good it's pretty funny yeah some some weird throwaway sight gags the cereal box prop gag um so like the 
the younger brother, Lane's younger brother, has been cutting the UPCs out of the back of the cereal box. So every cereal box and every box of pet food in the house is just spilling bits of cereal onto the floor constantly uh, whenever they pull them out. So that's just a recurring gag that they... It's a very strange movie. <laughs> um, and then... Um, the, uh, then he basically, Lane gets into his car and he drives towards, uh, ski team tryouts. And on the way, uh, car full of angry, I want to say in the movie they're Korean. I said Yakuza earlier, which is Japanese, and that was just me being racist. But (laughs) I want to say they're Korean high school students, but they're dressed like Howard Cosell and they talk like Howard Cosell for no reason. No, they learned English from the sports channel. <laughs> That's the justification. That's not enough of a justification. <laughs> yes, but it is established that they do this often. So Lane's got his yes. driving gloves, which are actually dishwashing gloves with the fingers cut off, and a, and some goggles. So if you've ever wanted to see John Cusack putting on goggles and dishwashing gloves with their fingers cut off this is the perfect movie for you which, which he, is he, a very specific sexual fantasy that Nadia has <laughs> but he fucks up because there's actually he was going in reverse because he had gone a little too far uh yeah. past the stop sign and so he forgot to put it in drive and rams into this guy uh we'll see later and uh gets <laughs> almost gets his ass beat but it, he yeah. get, gets out unscathed, and he makes it to, to ski tryouts. Yeah. So he makes it to ski tryouts. His best friend, Char- this wor- this is the first time I wrote, where the fuck are they? Um, <laughs> his best friend, Charles Lamar, wears a top hat to the slopes like he's a character in a Dickens novel. No, and, it's a reference uh, to uh, George Harrison and Help. Yeah. <laughs> That's not enough for justification. <laughs> and, okay. Anyways, so uh, so anyways, they have the ski tryout, and and this is the K twelve. This is the the most uh, challenging slope uh, in the ski tryout, and and Lane goes down. He basically eats shit, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. skiing it, and then this buff blonde guy, Stalin, is his last name, right? And. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, like, does it perfectly, and he's like, looks like I showed you up, Lane. Um, and then uh, Beth uh, Beth runs off with uh, Stalin. Yeah, she dumps him. It's in her best interest to go out with someone more popular who drives a better car. And Lane is just devastated because he... This is kind of where it gets into a little uh, incel behavior where he's like, <laughs> six months. Like, I put in six months of work into this relationship well but also they they fucked he's not an incel right there's a scene where they reveal that they fucked that's true that's true (laughs) yes uh so he has a little bit of a of a mental breakdown and decides that he's just gonna have to end it all which is like very dramatic teenagery Yes, very high school thing to do is kill yourself. But the, <laughs> the, the, that's not what the, I meant. That's not what I meant. The, that's where my mind went. But I will say I did laugh at the first suicide attempt, which happens pretty early in the film, because basically he sets himself up with an, he like turns an extension cord into a noose, right? And he's standing yes. in the garage 
next to the door to the garage and he's about to like step off the ledge and he's like wait a second what am i what am i doing this is my life this is just a girl this is weird and then his mom comes out to vacuum pushes open the door and knocks him off <laughs> yeah, so he's trying. He's pulling himself up by the extension cord while the mom vacuums, and it goes on for a little while. So you get worried, but then it cuts away. He lived. It's fine. And... It's fine. He's gonna live to the end of the movie. Yeah. Honestly, this one and the next suicide attempt where he jumps off the bridge both did make me laugh. So I yes. will give them points for that. <laughs> um, we we also have like. So what else is in here? We got his kid brother who has been sending all these cereal box barcodes in mm. to make, like, actual guns. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so this is this is just more like his family is wacky. Is like his mom is bad at cooking, his dad is angry, and his brother is a mad, horny scientist. Yes, yeah, which I feel like a lot of teenagers would relate to. I sure did. Uh, the little kid, he, he gets these little pieces of this, like, seemingly what seems like it would be a Nerf gun, but he, but when John Cusack is like, hey, you know, why are you into just this kid stuff garbage? And then he points the gun at one of his little toys and it bursts into flames because there's a huge laser that comes out of the gun. So he's actually a lot smarter than we think. And John Cusack knows so he's got to leave him alone. So yeah, it's, it is a little weird. I think... I don't, I don't know if I would call it, like, a family guy thing, but it's definitely really weird. A it's, family it's guy a, is you know, nowhere a... near this funny, though. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's definitely yeah. a non sequitur uh, that is never brought up again. Like, the next joke about the little brother is that he, he fucks sex workers, but we'll get to, we'll get to that later. Um <laughs> Uh, there is a flashback here, too, to uh, his original meet-cute with Beth. Beth. Yes, it's really cute. Um, he, this is where we really see John Cusack being super, super charming and probably th- paved this the is way a for him to get say anything. Very honestly. John Cusack scene. Uh, talk us through it, Nadia. Okay, so he and his friend Charles, who's played by Curtis Armstrong, great actor. He plays uh, God Scribe on Supernatural. Check that out. Um, but... <laughs> But he, they're playing Frisbee, and he accidentally runs onto a family's picnic while Beth is watching, and she's giggling. And he comes over and says hi, and she scratches her nose. And instead of showing us their actual conversation, we're getting their internal monologue of, oh, no, she touched her nose. That must be an unconscious sign that I have something on my nose. So then he scratches his nose. And she has the internal monologue of, oh, no, I have something in my nose. And then they're just and then we heighten, their nose we heighten. the entire time. Yeah. We <laughs> they're both rubbing their faces <laughs> by the end. It's um, great. It's very so, cute. It's very sweet. Yeah. I just side note, because you brought up Supernatural, my my dear friends, uh, who I believe are listeners, Laura and Sweet Joe. Oh, also, shout out Sweet Joe for donating uh, on the Ko-Fi page. Um, but they... Uh, they started watching Supernatural at the beginning of the pandemic because oh, no. they were like, oh, this will cover us till the end of the pandemic. And Supernatural, guys, has like 27 seasons. Like Supernatural's <laughs> been on fucking forever. And yeah. then, you know, by the time we get to like July when there's still a pandemic, <laughs> they're like, well, <laughs> we're done. Wow, they got through that really fast. Yeah. 
Oh my god! I mean, they got to see Snooky. They got to see the guy that plays Aaron Burr in the original cast of Hamilton be a demon. That's great. Good for you guys. (laughs) So, anyways, no signals. Uh, What's next? Is geometry class right? Yes. This one resonated with me a lot when I was in school because I notoriously and very famously am very bad at math. So I always felt like I always felt like everyone understood math, but I didn't. So in this scene, the teacher is saying non-English words about math and everyone is riveted. They're laughing at his math jokes. They really get it. And Lane just like does not know what's going on. And he gets called up to the board to do a problem, which did you have to do that in school? I thought that was torture when they made us do I, that. I mean, we, we did we did stuff on the board, yeah. Ugh. Um, but, but like, so some of the gags in this scene are he's like, all right, everybody, take out your homework. And some people bring out, like, huge stacks of paper. One person brings out a printer, like a 1985 <laughs> HP printer, and, like, starts printing out their homework on, um, on that paper with, like, the little holes on the side, right? <laughs> And then, like, so that's so it's weird. It's so funny to there's me. A f- there's a flashback to John Cusack and Beth having sex uh, and uh, the condom breaks. And so he's, like, worried that she's going to get pregnant. Um, and also his tires are getting stolen while they're having <laughs> sex. Like, so there's that in there. This is, it's very, guys, it's very strange. I'm sorry. It's very weird. And, uh. What's weirder, though, is at the end of the scene, John Cusack is talking to Charles, his friend, and the teacher interrupts and says, Lane, this is very awkward. And I'm assuming that it's because he didn't do his homework or something. He's like, it's because you're shitty at math. This is awkward, but you're shitty at math. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's this is awkward. But would it be okay if I took out Beth? (laughs) And like. The reason they do that is it's a setup for a recurring joke where he's going to keep having people ask him, hey, is it okay if I take out Beth? It is weird when it's a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like. It, it's not okay. Even in the 80s. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but then when he goes out so, into the parking lot, he does see Beth drive away with the geometry teacher, which is pretty great. So bonkers. Uh, there's a scene in the cafeteria where uh, Charles DeMar snorts jello like it's cocaine. And takes, takes some of the Jello and puts it on his gums. Um, Miles, or sorry, Lane, uh, Lane Meyer tries to seduce the um, s- the girl who's slutty with the whole basketball team um, by uh, stealing a pair of rollerblades from some non-binary '80s classmate. And then tries to, I, they, that look, I mean, that, that did not look like a man or a woman. That looked like somebody who did not conform to a gender binary. And you know what? Good for them. Good Good for for them. them. Good for them. This movie was ahead of its time, but. In a lot of ways uh, it was. Tries to ask out the girl who dates the entire basketball team simultaneously, which is not me saying that to slut shame her. That is a gag in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He fails and then accidentally rips her dress off uh, and gets beaten up by the basketball team. Well, you're forgetting to mention that he does this because he's challenged by a cartoon version of Beth that he drew. So he was having a hallucination. So he was drawing Beth... And Roy Stalin, 
uh, and a monster eating Roy Stalin, and it should animates, I... <laughs> and she's like should challenging I start... him. Should I like start smoking weed? It is legal here. I mean, like, you could try. This could be a really fun first is, time for you. Is that is this just like what is this just like what I'm missing out on? Like I just feel like this was so strange to me. This entire movie, I just could not understand it. Is this going to be like our Shark Tale episode where I'm like, where is your sense of whimsy? Maybe. I don't know. I just yeah. I do like that you told me the story apparently there you said there's like some some startup or some like little office that will play our podcast like on the speaker system which is very kind um and, yeah and really warm my heart to hear and then you told me that apparently the shark tale episode polarized like turned everyone in the office against each other yeah a friend of mine told me that she plays the pod at work on a speaker and the people around her desk usually take sides when we are opposed with each other but the shark tale episode is very polarizing and they apparently still talk about it to this day people will not budge on their opinion on shark tale but i feel like you could definitely budge on your opinion on better off dead if you watch it high here's what here's what i here's what i will say the funniest line in the movie is coming up because we're coming to suicide attempt number two which is jumping off the bridge (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so Lane is on a bridge. Is uh, This is a bridge that's downtown that I believe is no longer there. Uh, most of this movie is filmed in Glendale, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, right on. Okay. Yeah, so I used to live there. Hey! So he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's hesitating to jump off the bridge because he's still po- kind of not sure. And his friend rolls up on his bike and is like, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> that always makes me laugh. I just really like how encouraging this guy is, even though he knows that Lane is a little insane. Everyone needs a friend like that. True. And, uh, you know, eventually what happens is he smacks him on the back as an encouraging pat and knocks Lane off the bridge. He survives because he lands in a garbage truck. And we get the best line in the film, which is that the two garbage men see him land in there. The two garbage men are black, and one of them says, "That's a real shame when folks be throwing out, throwing away a perfectly good white boy." <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. But uh, you know, he obviously doesn't succeed. That that was after he saw Beth with the geometry teacher, and then something. Oh, yes. the mailman comes. So the mailman is this is the guy from Friends that hires Monica, uh, <laughs> because she shows him that she can make a really good sauce. And so mm-hmm. she, he is the mailman, and he's dropping mail all over the place, but he's delivering a package to the horny little brother, and it's a book yeah. on how to pick up trashy women. But he rings the doorbell once again so that he can get Lane and ask him if it's okay if he takes out Beth. Right. Yes. And so First of that's... all, trashy women. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. First of all, no. trashy women. Pro- problematic book, number one. Yes. Number two, if we're describing a woman as trashy, it implies that you don't need a book to pick her up. <laughs> that's true. That's uh, true. Well, I mean, anyways, he's a kid. Uh, he He's cutting out the little things for for the book maybe i don't know how did he find it i don't know i don't know okay so what is this where the paper boy shows up yes we got that yeah this was my favorite gag um, as a child and so the paper boy's like you know your dad's two dollars short 
on uh, his paper delivery, so I need $2. And Lane's like, yeah, I don't have any money. I'm not going to pay you. And so the paper boy swears some kind of blood oath that he's going to track down and, if necessary, murder Lane to get those $2. He's got So get this will become paid. a recurring... This will become... And look, pay your workers, folks. Like, you know, that you should, but uh, this will become a recurring gag in the film. Uh, this scene probably oh. single-handedly inspired Beyonce in her hit, Run the World. <laughs> Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> so uh, we go to Christmas. Um, the mom, Lane's mom, gets everybody frozen dinners, uh, which is weird. Um, the uh, Across the street, we see the French student. She gets a portrait photo of the far side boy, and the <laughs> far side mom is like, will you fuck my son? Will you please fuck my son? And... <laughs> It's not really what she says, but that's her tone. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we get to suicide attempt number three, right? Which is yes. running the car in the garage. Yeah, well, he called Beth to wish her a Merry Christmas to see if he could get back with her. Yes. But Roy Stalin got Beth a giant teddy bear, but Lane uh-huh. only got her a teeny tiny teddy bear that she could hang on her Classic. tree. And so he decides that that's a good enough reason for him to kill himself. So he does, he pulls a virgin suicides and uh, tries to kill himself in a car in the garage. I'm pretty sure that predates the virgin suicides. Maybe it inspired, but... maybe it inspired Beyonce and Sofia Coppola. <laughs> well, wasn't virgin suicides was based on like a real thing, right? I don't know. I didn't watch that. That's yeah. too dark for me. I watch Pretty this. Sure. This is my version of suicide that I can handle. <laughs> do you want uh, to watch Virgin Suicides or Better Off Dead for our <laughs> film festival? Um, oh, no. It's ba- it's based on a novel. Um, okay. Okay. So it didn't actually happen. Okay. Um, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, anyways. Uh, doesn't make Catholics look great. Anyways, so uh, that suicide attempt uh, fails. Uh, he accidentally drives the car through the garage door. Which his um, dad had just repaired. He re- fixed uh, all the windows. Classic. Boo. Um, there's another gag here where his dad fixes him. Is like, Lane, you have to start fucking women again. I can't have you still trying to kill yourself. And so. I don't think his parents so fi- ever really know that he's trying to kill himself. That's true. But his dad's like, you got to get out there. I'm sick of you moping around. I'm fixing you up with my law partner's daughter. Um, and so we do have another, I think, kind of funny gag. Yes. Right? Where Lane goes to his dad's friend's house to pick up the daughter. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, we can go to dinner. And the daughter's like, look, neither of us want to be here. If you paid for dinner, it would cost you. If we split dinner, you know, you'd, you'd cover like $13.75. You know, because it's 1985. Cover thirteen seventy five. Just pay me that. We'll call it a night. And he has his checkbook ready. That is what made me laugh. It's really good. Like, she's got yeah. full-on braces and headgear and a calculator. Yes. Like, he definitely doesn't want to go out with her. He's got the checkbook immediately out. But the whole idea is so that he could just get out of the house. So he ends up going to the dance that he was going to take the girl to. 
which it was a New yes. Year's dance, which we didn't have that in school, but it's pretty cute. And uh, there's like yeah. there's a band with a co- girl with a really cool mullet. I loved her. Yes. Do you know who that is? Uh, it was the Fix. Uh, the band is the Fix. That singer, I believe, I'm getting this right. That is E.G. Daly, who is a voice actor <gasps> and uh, best best known for voicing Tommy Pickles on Rugrats. That's her. Oh my yeah. god. <gasps> You're right. Oh my god. Hold on. Better off dead. You are so correct, my brother in Christ. This is so cool. Yeah, she's and awesome. So, yeah, she's great. I mean, she's 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 putting on quite a show. Great performer. Um, she's singing a song which is titled "Better Off Dead," not the <laughs> Sum Forty One uh, version. A di- completely unrelated song. This movie inspired Sum Forty One to write their song "Better Off Dead." Very, it's very I important. Think God movie. inspired Sum Forty One <laughs> to write most of their songs. <laughs> They were in too deep. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, so we get, so this is a very 80s scene, right? This is yes. a very, everybody's got their hair cramped. They got the off the shoulder dress. Everybody, you know, is singing the the MST3K song about do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and, you know, and this is also uh, where, um, he we find it's this minute 45 of a 90 minute movie it's time for the meet cute (laughs) yeah so the french foreign exchange student is unfortunately still with the far side kid and escapes him after they have a really embarrassing you know the little dance circle where people just watch you dance in the middle did you ever get inside of the dance circle tony yeah i fucking tore up the dance circle (laughs) What was your go-to move? Uh, I don't know. I had some good footwork. You know, I think I've talked. Well, I've definitely talked to you about this before because we talked about it in Margot's class. But like, I I like won a dance contest in high school, at a high school dance. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have to tell us about it, please. Well, I mean, famously, this was a it was a, a fundraiser dance, I think, but it was like a high school dance, and. They had a twist contest, and I was like, oh, I I can win a twist contest. So I win a twist contest, and they're like, they call the four finalists up. We're standing on the table, and, like, the DJ is like, we're going to decide by applause which of these four, right, are going to win. But before he can even do, is it this guy, applause, is it this guy, applause, the crowd starts spontaneous. I swear to God, this is true. The crowd starts spontaneously chanting, Tony, 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 Tony. So I won the dance contest by acclamation, which is also a way you can elect the Pope. (laughs) I feel like we need a video of you doing the twist. You you must do it in a very special way. I think the video of me telling this story at UCB is still up somewhere. I will try to find it. <laughs> do you do the twist in that story? I forget. Yeah, I do. Yes. Okay. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember now. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was that was the final that was the final show we did for. Yeah, yeah. For that you know class. what? I've I've smoked a lot of weed between then and now. So <laughs> certain, 
certain <laughs> things are really hazy for it's, me. It's been like 11 years. So <laughs> in any I event. think I was also very obsessed with how nervous I was about telling a story about vomiting on a man. Yes, <laughs> yes, the base, yeah, the basement butcher. Oh God, that's right. Um, which I won't sounds tell that sounds one. like, yeah, sounds like a serial killer, guys. It's not. It's a very wholesome story that is fun for the whole family. Uh, and so, so. Anyway, in any event, event, there was a dance-off. Ricky, the far side kid, gets caught in the crowd, so it gives the French foreign exchange student a chance to escape and finally Mm -hmm. talk to Lane, but instead of talking to him, she accidentally pushes him and he falls over. So their first meet-cute was her, him literally falling head over heels for her. So it's it's very cute. Yes. So... um... You know, so they have that, and then they they stand up, and she's the French exchange student. She doesn't speak a word of English, and uh, they just start shaking hands, and they just keep shaking hands. And (laughs) it's like, well, I guess they people do a lot of handshaking in France, huh? Is you know John Cusack crack? (laughs) How funny would it? And eventually, like, because the way the shot is framed is you just see them from like the chest up. Oh no! And you can see from their arm motion that they're shaking hands, how funny would it be if she just transitioned into jerking him off out of frame? <laughs> it turns into that one scene from Naked Gun with the concrete <laughs> dick. Yeah, concrete <laughs> dildo, yeah. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. But they he feels a spark, and yes. she gets picked up by the weird uh, hairspray mother. And, uh yes. There's longing between the both of them. So he might be getting over Beth sooner than we think. He might be catching feelings. He comes home and uh, he hears noise from his little brother's room and he walks in and it's his little brother with like eight sex workers and his little brother's like, I'm going to come in every one of these women. <laughs> it's like, you th- I'm 12. All I do is get hard. And so they, do th- they don't say any of that in the movie, but the... <laughs> See that? Then the the paper boy chases him for a while through the woods and rallies other paper boys to chase him. Okay, that's a really good um, scene. It's very well shot. It's all at night. There's light is, coming up well where they're all silhouetted in these lights, and it just looks very scary. Uh, this is yeah, a very it looks popular... like a Bonnie Tyler video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a really popular scene uh, in the punk community. Tbh, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he escapes narrowly. He gets there, and he runs home, and he tells his dad, they're after me, dad. And his dad this whole time has been reading a book on how to deal with troubled teens, and he highlights the chapter uh, labeled paranoia. So he's he's still, he's yeah. trying. I think it's sweet. <laughs> so there's that. And then we get the Q-tip scene. You want to take them through the Q-tip scene, Nadia, because I know that one is very important to your, like, development. <laughs> yeah. This was where I decided that I was going to marry John Cusack, which I didn't end up doing, by the way, uh, <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering. So he has he's brushing his teeth, and he puts a Q-tip in one ear and a Q-tip in another ear and then starts putting Q-tips all over his mouth. It's very sweet and very weird. And... I think it captures a real, like, I'm probably looking way too much into this, but I think it captures just how weird 
that time period is where you're not a kid anymore, but you're not an adult either. So you're still mm-hmm. kind of doing weird things. And his dad walks in and to check in on him. And he just has like all these Q-tips everywhere. And he's making like the rock on sign. It's very cute. It's very stupid. But I mean, yes. Lane's just a kid. If we really think about it, he's just a kid that really doesn't know how to handle his shit. So I yes. don't know. It's very endearing. Yeah. I get it. You know, now that I'm kind of thinking about what I was like in high school, other than winning dance contests, I was just a very angry person. Yeah. Um, and this is, like, I'm starting to see how a teen could really get into this movie. <gasps> Tony, are we having a Shark Tale moment? No. The Shark Tale <laughs> moment ended with me still hating the movie, just to remind you. The episode ended with me declaring Shark Tale, quote, a desecration of everything I've ever loved. <laughs> Is there Has there been a movie where I've switched you over from hating it to loving it? Uh, I'm checking the list right now. There is a movie you switched me over from liking it to not liking it which was is it the lizzie, lizzie mcguire, McGuire movie yes <laughs> yes i get people t- messaging me about that one to this day being like i never thought of it that way i'm like oh my god i've ruined so many of this movie for so many people li- yeah lizzie mcguire movie's great and then i'm like oh wait maybe it's not great um no. let me see a movie you've switched me over to liking it maybe it's um, this one might be this one. It might. This might honestly be the first one. Grease, I think, is one that I I went in pretty skeptical, and I really liked it. Yes. Um. So I will say that. Um. But yeah, it's a this short one is, list. This one is also a very blindsidey. Like, there's no way to anticipate what you're gonna get with it. Like, the mom. How do you puts... even describe this to someone? Exactly. Like, like the mom is so well-meaning, and she wants to take care of them, and she puts like slop that's like neon green yeah. onto their plate and then it actually like slithers away Crawls because away. it's sentient like you can't describe this movie to anyone but when you're a 15 year old and you're really really angry this really makes a lot of sense yes okay i'm coming around i'm coming around okay. uh should okay. we talk about the uh job at pig burger yes uh, you don't expect this is another kind of yeah you don't expect... <laughs> no you do not <laughs> Yeah, so his dad is really trying to help him. He's well-meaning guy, and he's like, Lane is just hanging out at home too much. He's obsessed about girls. The next logical move for him is to go get a job. So he gets him a job yes. at the Pig Burger, and it's it starts one of the weirdest sequences <laughs> I've ever seen that I really secretly very love very much. I I literally wrote in my notes, and it's the gag from Dairy Girls. I wrote, "Am I dead? Is this hell?" <laughs> Yeah, so he, this the guy that he ran into when he was uh, racing those Korean guys is the owner yeah. of the pig, pig burger, and he teaches him how to like make a burger. And, and John Cusack's like, "All right, I gotta go wash my hands," and he's like, "You wash your hands on your own time, boy. You gotta start making burgers." <laughs> that line always gets me so good. But Tony, would you like to tell us about the weird dream sequence? Well, he's like he's like packing the ground beef into patties, right? And mm-hmm. he starts playing like air guitar, right? He's like fa- he's like fantasizing that he's a rock star and then it turns into a musical number 
sung by a claymation burger like just out of nowhere like i don't even know if it's a fade i think it's a pan over to where there's a claymation burger yeah, the so claymation what... burger exists in the universe yeah because he he gr- grabs a really big piece of meat you probably didn't see it because your phone's so small <laughs> he grabs a big piece of meat and cooks it and then a young frankenstein type lever that's right yes he puts he puts the burger up on the uh to, in the lightning storm right yes yes to bring it yes to life. and and then it's sentient and he goes it's alive but then it starts this weird <laughs> so we get the animated uh opening credits and then we get that weird animation of beth challenging him to ask out the girl and yes. now we get this weird arty claymation thing it's like a full-on song where the hamburger yeah. has a big titty girlfriend and her titties are onions and like a bunch of dancers who are French fries in a deep fryer. <laughs> so weird. Oh it's... my god. I just. Oh, I think this says so much about me. Oh, how much I like this movie. So strange. Anyways, um, the family has the family across the street over for dinner in the next scene, right? Yeah. So we know that. Lane's mom can't cook, but she has everyone over for dinner. So she has Reggie, the fat far side kid, and his mom, and Monique, who is the French exchange student, who is, like, we should get this out of the way. She's hotter than Beth. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is, is, uh, have them all over. There's a gag where, oh, this is suicide attempt number four, which is, um, Lane debates whether to set himself on fire. Yes, and he decides that he does. So he uh, covers himself in his bed uh, comforter and a, with a tie around his head, and he's about to pour primer all over himself, paint primer, uh, right. and then set and himself. just immolate himself, yeah. Yeah, and, but the mom catches him beforehand. She's like, oh, we've been waiting for you for dinner, completely unaware that he's doing this, and uh, he right. realizes that it's the girl who was jerking him off at the party. Just kidding, she was shaking his hand. <laughs> So anyway, the way it ends is um, it actually Wait. does lead to a good line. Oh, not yet. We got to talk about the okay. dinner. <laughs> oh yeah. So the, the mom, dinner is French. French. She makes French fries, French dressing, French bread, and for and to drink Peru. But it's Perrier. <laughs> it's Perrier. She Every is, time I make some she frozen is saying French fries, it. I say that. She is saying it like the French Miss World contestant in that TikTok video. <laughs> French! <laughs> French! <laughs> Anyways, she says that. Um, what happens is Ricky's mom uh, grabs the paint primer thinking it's a drink, drinks it all, and is like, damn, that's good liquor, and then oh. lights a cigarette, and there's an enormous explosion <laughs> leading to a smash cut of John Cusack <laughs> driving Ricky and Monique home saying, gee, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. <laughs> of course, Which is and- a very good line. Such a good, and me and my best friend would quote it to each other all the time when we were, yeah. when we were in class and stuff. One of the best scenes from any movie of my teen years. It's just so stupid. And... And like we should be clear, Monique had Monique hates Ricky and his mom, and like yeah. 
has been laughing her ass off at every stupid thing they've been doing throughout the film. Yeah, and, and everybody thinks that she actually doesn't speak English, and they're all, like, really surprised that a foreign exchange student would come to another country without speaking the language. But she was pulling a grift that entire time. Yes, which which we learn, uh, I think, right about now in the movie, yes. is she she can speak perfectly good English. <laughs> um, and... Uh, she was talking to John Key and basically was like, Ricky tried to force himself on me or whatever she was saying. And, uh, and then John Cusack's like, wait, you speak English? And she's like, of course I speak English. Everybody speaks English. All I want to do is come to the States and see Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yes, she's a baseball fan. She's awesome. Huge she's Dodgers rad. fan. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so she uh, she asks him, are you going to tell anyone? He goes, that you're a Dodgers fan? Yes. She's like, no, that I speak English. And he says, no, cross my heart and hope to die. And then mm-hmm. she says, do you? Hmm. Hmm. And he and not, says. Not at the moment. Oh, hmm. shit. Looks like Lane is learning a little something about life and love. <laughs> and so... Like, you know how I was talking about my character about guy who's never seen a rom-com before? Yes. Um, he couldn't watch this film. Like, that no. wouldn't work for him. <laughs> <laughs> I could, was unironically that guy minutes. watching this film. Yeah, no. That's could, true. He could pull it off. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so now he and Monique, there's a lot of montaging with Monique. Uh, and he and Monique, uh, he has an old Camaro he bought for like 200 bucks that he was hoping to restore. He has no idea how, but Monique, um, can fix it for him. Monique can get it running, which is, you know, she likes baseball and she's really good with cars. She's a girl, but she's cool. Is Is she she... a manic pixie dream girl, but (laughs) French? (laughs) She's a manic pixie dream femme. (laughs) she's you know she's like a cool girl she's got some manic pixie in there so it's interesting it's interesting to kind of see that prototype laid out um but the other important thing is like she's helping lane get his confidence back yeah uh which we see when he takes the corvette out and gets into another drag race he sure does but this time those guys have girls with them so they are they all everybody's got a girl and so they're about to race but that Camaro's hella fast, so he beats them immediately. The, those guys, those girls in the car with them, they're like, see you later. They throw their Chinese food at them and get out of the car. <laughs> we haven't decided where we landed on what race there, those people are. just touched every part of the continent, really, with this, <laughs> this car. <laughs> yes, but Monique Monique's plan with all of this was so that he could get a taste of success. He's always expecting himself to fail and for other people to fail him. But she says if you can race Oh, cuz what ends up happening is Roy Stalin gets challenged to a ski race. Like we we knew it was coming. The climactic they're going to go down the slope in a climactic ski race. Yeah, yeah. So he's like I can I I'm not going to win. Like I I always eat shit when I go down. She's like, "No, you are getting a taste of success from this car, so you're going to get your confidence back and you're going to do it and I'm going to help you." 
So we do have a yes. little coaching session with Monique yes. and Lane. And she's yes, an we- excellent skier. She like has the gear already, like she, <laughs> she, and also the '80s skiing gear is is pretty funny to see, um, and so, uh, in any event, um, that you know, there's, they have this montage. They also like he plays the saxophone, so he like <laughs> serenades her with the sax one night when they're having dinner, and then we the claymation burger comes back into the fucking scene for some reason. <laughs> He's having some wine with his onion titty girlfriend. It's so. <laughs> Do you know, is that um, expensive? Do you think? Offensive to who? No, expensive to like make a claymation oh. like musical number. I mean, so stop motion is incredibly time consuming. I yeah. know that because especially in this era, you would have had to have like shot it frame by frame, basically. Yeah, true. Um. At the same time, animators, uh, especially in 85, would have been one of the parts of the industry that was non-union. So you could probably, like, fuck people over pretty easily. True. Um, And get it done on the cheap. There is a lot of... I don't know if... Hang on, let me get the director's name one more time. Savage Steve Holland, uh, like, just really loved animation or or what. Um, But it is weird to see that. I'm going to look it up. Oh, he he looks like a really weird guy. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't really say anything about it. He wrote Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Okay, so that's TV. good. Oh, oh. And, and he wrote One Crazy Summer, which apparently this is uh, the same character. John Cusack oh, plays the same character. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, he wrote Legally um, Blondes in 2009 and The Fairly Odd Christmas. He wrote The so Fairly Odd Movie. He's really good at brand extensions. Uh, and so, let's see. Uh, should we do the final race? Ah, uh, the final race. Yes. So, Roy is there, and it's also like ski captain tryouts or whatever. And yeah, whatever. Lane doesn't show up because while he was getting coached by Monique, uh, Charles showed up and he ran over his ski and I guess like fucked up the thing that like makes the your boots get stuck on the ski. I don't know. I've never skied before, so I don't know how that works. Uh, yeah. So he's on yeah, one they get, ski. They get, I, yes. they Your boots are clipped onto the ski. Um, that breaks. So he does the entire run on one ski. But he does um, that because he's getting chased by the $2. Yes. <laughs> yes. Chased by the paper boy, and actually, uh, during the downhill run, the paper boy goes off a cliff, <laughs> but they do show him later alive, He's uh, which I <laughs> he feel like so had, had to come from a test screening, right? Yeah. Like, they had, like, they're just like, the audience needs to see the paper boy survive. He's a child, but he does fall, and it's very obviously, like... Uh, some sort of doll but he falls yes, for yeah. so long it's yes <laughs> it's like homer simpson going down the gorge like it is yes. just very over the top it's very good but while he's getting chased he does make it to the top of the k-12 and he yes. skis down with roy on one ski which is one crazy ski. crazy and guess what he fucking beats him he wins. The crowd mobs him. He's won the respect of the Yakuza. 
which is notoriously hard to obtain. Um, and what happens? What happens next? Does he go right for Beth? Does he win Beth back? Well, Beth kisses him. And Monique, I thought sees that was it. pretty wild. I, she, yeah. Beth is very uh, shallow, as we find out at the very beginning yeah. of the movie. But she kisses him, and he's happy for a moment. But then he is like, "Wait, no, you're not the person that I want to be with." And he looks over, but Monique is getting taken away by the Far Side family, and he runs yeah, over one... to to get her from them because he realizes that he doesn't love Beth; he loves Monique. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, and so there, we get to, um, the final boss fight, I guess, which is, (laughs) he has to fence Ricky with a ski pole. Yeah. There's, like, a fencing scene. He ends up defeating Ricky and winning the heart of Monique and carrying her off. Ricky ends up with a different nerd girl, so it's fine. Again, I feel like test audience note. Um, and then we head off to, um, Dodger Stadium. He drives Monique right onto the field, which is insane, by the way, that they would let him do that. Uh, (laughs) plays saxophone with him, and the paper boy chases after them all the way. (laughs) Yes, and it cuts away. We get a beautiful shot of Los Angeles, which is where the movie was shot, but it's supposed to be in Greenfield, (laughs) wherever. Uh, but that's the end, but... Isn't there isn't there an after credit scene? Oh yes, there is. There is one. Oh, I didn't watch the after credit scene. What happens? Uh, the dad is out fixing the windows on the garage door again, but all of a sudden we see the kid's bedroom, the little horny child, start to light up, uh-huh. and a hole blasts through it, and a rocket ship comes out because that's what he was saving all of the UPC scanny thing code things for. <laughs> he wanted to build a rocket okay. ship. I'm going to fuck so many women on this rocket ship. In Mars. Wait, I can't believe you didn't see it on your tiny phone on the airport terminal. The second the credits came up, I was like, that's enough of that. <laughs> um, but I will I will be honest. So this is this is not for me at age 35. Like, okay. I will say that. Okay. Um, I, you have given me much more reason to respect this movie. Because <gasps> um, I think... I think... If you are a high school student, there is, which I know most of our listeners are. Yeah. If you are a high school student, uh, there is something here that you would enjoy. I think this is a good reflection of how fucking stupid high school can be. Yes. And how awful you feel all the time when you are a high school student. Yes. And John Cusack so, is so hot in it. It's. I mean, this is a very, I feel... I don't know. This feels like a deeper cut in the John Cusack uh, canon yes. to me. But yeah. But I don't know. Um. Anyways, I do want to talk about the Cusacks for a minute. Uh, <sighs> I love that family. I could have married into that family, but I never got to meet them. So, <laughs> so, look, the thing is, we love the Cusacks. They're, number one, they're a Chicago institution. Number two, John is a comrade. Like, he, he uh, mm-hmm. at least on Twitter, he is. <laughs> so I respect him for that. Um, so we have now covered John Cusack in this movie. We obviously covered Joan Cusack in a wonderful performance that she gave in In and Out, yes. uh, which we did as our a very early episode, um, because that movie's aged real bad. <laughs> um, and then uh, 
And then we actually saw Dick Cusack, the patriarch, recently mm-hmm. uh, in our Return to Me episode. He he has a small role in that. Um, so that leaves Ann Cusack. We have not done anything with Ann Cusack yet. The mysterious third Cusack sibling. Um, so we just got to keep that in mind for future seasons. We have to do either <laughs> Gross Point Blank, which obviously also has John in it, um, we have to. We could do a league of their own, although that's pretty close to a perfect movie. Um, we could do accepted Wait. with Justin Long. Who was she in a league of their own? Uh, she's Shirley. I think she's the one whose husband dies in the war. No, I'm that's not 100% Betty sure on Spaghetti. That. <laughs> Betty Spaghetti. Oh, her husband dies in the war. Okay. Yeah. Um, that scene so always she's made Shirley. my stomach she's... hurt. That's why I remember. That's a tough scene. Yeah, that that was we uh, watched that at the hospital while we were waiting for Breadstick to be born. Oh my uh, god! Because that was what the hospital had on streaming. <laughs> um, oh my god! And so uh, we watched that, and we watched the most recent Ali Wong special. It was a weird labor, uh, and so. <laughs> Oh, she's the girl uh, so that I, cries because she, okay. She's I, Shirley. Yes, okay. Is she, is she the girl that cries when there's no crying in baseball? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that yeah, same okay. one. It's not the same okay. one because that's the other girl, but she's the girl that didn't make the team at first, but then she makes the team later. Okay, okay. okay. Um, so we could do that. We could do Tank Girl. Uh, we could do Accepted with Justin Long. We could- uh, I have that on DVD, so Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We, you know, it's got to be, you know, so something like that. So we'll keep that in mind for okay. future seasons. Okay. Um, because we love the Cusack family and we got to collect the whole set. <laughs> you know how uh, MCR has those little action figures of themselves. The the Cusacks yes. really missed a golden opportunity to make some of those of themselves. Because I would have all. You say of them. Mi- they could they can still do it. Like I gotta talk to John. Fine. I gotta talk to John. <laughs> Did I ever tell you one time I went to the L.A. Festival of Books because he was going to be there, but I got lost on the USC campus, so I missed it. And I thought, like, genuinely, I was like, I want to meet John Cusack today. But instead, I went to meet John Green. <clears throat> Gross. I went oh, to- such a such a downgrade in the world of John. Yeah, so I was like, I guess I'll go meet John Green. And so I waited in line to meet him, and I asked him if he could take a photo with me. And he didn't respond to me at all and started talking to the person behind me. So I have yeah. a picture of myself with John Green talking to someone else because he was an absolute asshole. <laughs> John Green... Shut the fuck up and go back to doing what you love the most, which we all know <laughs> from Tumblr is sucking cock and swallowing cum. Anyways, do our friends at Common Sense Media have anything to say about this film, Nadia? Are you going to be surprised when I tell you that no one reviewed this movie on Common Sense Media? <laughs> It did. It was trending on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because uh, it's actually one of the most popular movies on Apple TV Plus right now for some reason, like rentals. Oh, right on. Yeah. So Curtis Armstrong, whomst I follow because I think he's just a really good actor and I loved him on Supernatural. Uh, He said that it was a movie he was really (laughs) proud of and is part of the reason why I suggested this movie because it reminded me it existed. I have the DVD, but... I never look at my DVD collection. It's tucked away in a box somewhere. 
Oh, really? You should. There's always gems in there, like Van Wilder or Accepted with <laughs> Wedding <Justin> Crashers <laughs> or The Invention of Lying. Uh, just really a whole bunch of stuff I'm proud to still own on DVD. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I didn't find any like actual reviews about it, but I figured that only our review really matters. So, I think so. Well, so you were. I mean, like you were the expert on John Cusack, though. In your high school, you literally had a column. Yeah, the unofficial John Cusack corner. Yeah, I watched the Pelican Brief. Yeah. Uh, say anything, uh-huh. obviously. Uh, Gross Point Blank, One Crazy Summer. Uh-huh. Basically anything that wasn't a horror movie, because as he got older, he okay. watched a, he did a lot of those, and I was just like, okay, I'm out. He did, yes, yes. But I mean, my... any, I mean, he's still, yeah, he's still, still turning in some great performances in some shitty movies. Identity was a piece of shit, but he was very good in it. <laughs> he's very talented. I really, I prefer yes. him in rom coms like Serendipity and Muscle of Dogs. But my favorite that I do watch on a yearly basis is say anything there's just something about there's something about him he really has the the classic actor lloyd to know lloyd dobler is to love him yes and i do love him i have a lloyd dobler uh uh print in my bedroom i love him so much nice Well, folks, watch Say Anything first if you're going to watch a John Cusack movie. Uh, But if you want to get back to your angry high school listening to angry music and winning twist contest ways, uh, maybe check this one out. Uh, It's got a couple good laughs in there. And uh, if you don't like it, talk to Nadia because maybe she can convince you otherwise. But maybe just Uh, take like half of an edible before you watch it. And then you'll really appreciate it. Do some weed. (laughs) <laughs> get some weed in your system. Some weed or have a little wine, get a little lusty, then it'll really make certain things pop. <laughs> okay, before we get too gross on this, because I always like to stop the podcast before we get too gross. Sure. Uh, <laughs> feel, feel free to follow us on social media at Probably Shoulda uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, support the show through the Ko-Fi page. Link is in the show notes. We got two episodes left in the season. We love you, and we will see you next week. Bye. Well, when you go, don't ever think I'll make you try to stay. And maybe when you get back, I'll be off to find another way And after all this time that you still Sometimes I cry so hard